everybody this is teddy bailey alongside my co-host Quentin smith where we bring you the big talk podcast the first weekly edition for your source of big 10 football basketball and baseball Quentin, how are you doing today i'm doing well teddy i'm uh, excited to get our first episode off and running all right well let's jump right then as indiana and iowa were handed their first big losses of the week Hoosiers lost at the Kohl Center again on Tuesday to the Wisconsin Badgers, 82-79 to in overtime. It was a battle of ages between Wisconsin's Nigel Hayes and Indiana's Yogi Farrell. That's Hayes went for 31, and Farrell scored 30 points in a losing effort. Quentin, what did you see in this game? Well, what I saw, you know, we saw Nigel Hayes and we saw Yogi Farrell both go off, but really I think the battle that interests me the most was between Ethan Happ and Thomas Bryant to Pretty heralded freshmen, as we know. Um, both went out on the offensive end, but towards the end of the game, uh, Brian just couldn't seem to stop half at all. And uh, that's, what, that's what I saw. I think that was the big key. Yeah, you know, definitely the key. You know, as we see Tom Brian kind of progress through his freshman year, uh, you know, we see games where he, he seems like he can out, outman uh, his opponent uh, and, and torch him for, you know, a double digit points. He, I mean, obviously he set his career high the other day against Minnesota with 23, I believe. Yeah. Um, but, you know, against Wisconsin, you know, Hap was just able to outmuscle him. Um, you know, Thomas, you know, it might not be the biggest player, biggest center um, that the Big Ten has seen. Uh, obviously he's a freshman right now and, and he has room for growth and uh, to kind of get bigger and stronger as the year goes on. But um, that was the difference uh, on Tuesday against the Badgers. Um, Wisconsin was just able to feed it down low to Ethan Happ and, and, and kind of get their points at a high percentage uh, clip. Yeah. But, uh, so, Thomas Bryan has been called a green room guy by ESPN. They're uh, a new thing. But honestly, I don't think he's ready for the NBA. I think that he needs to get a lot stronger or this is going to happen all the time. I mean, we saw Noah Vonley two years ago who was honestly a much better college player than Thomas Bryan is right now and got, got picked in the top five and all of a sudden he's in the D league. So Thomas Bryant can really develop, more, uh, especially from a strength standpoint, I think, Teddy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think if you look at his game, um, he has, he has the, he has the touch. He has an athletic touch and athletic feel for a big man, but you know, his game is a little raw. Uh, he's still kind of develop, developing the Kings uh, to becoming a premier uh, center in, in the Big Ten and in Division One college basketball. Um, you know, in terms of his green, green room NBA draft stock, um, you know, of course, his projections a late, late first round, uh, mid, middle first round pick uh, in this April's draft. But, you know, this draft isn't, isn't the strongest that we've seen um, as, far of, as far as a depth, depth standpoint. Excuse me. Um, so we'll see how, you know, the next couple games go for Thomas and, and how the remainder of his freshman year uh, plays out. But, you know, he definitely has things that he needs to work on. Um, he definitely needs to get stronger. He's, he's one of the more lankier centers in the Big Ten. Um, I mean, obviously because he's a freshman, um, not to fault him on that. But we'll definitely see how his uh, career pans out in Indiana and what his decision will be after the Hoosiers conclude uh, his freshman season. And, you know, he's got a lot of good matchups coming up uh, for the rest of the season. We got February 20th against Purdue. Uh, 
We all know they've got A.J. Hammonds, Isaac Haas, Caleb Swanigan, three guys who can all challenge Brian in the post. And then the big matchup uh, a lot of people want to see from the start of the season, the two freshmen, Diamond Stone and Thomas Bryant, going at it uh, either March 5th or 6th in Bloomington. So a couple of good matchups for Thomas to show whether he's for real or whether you know he's just been playing better against some weaker centers in the Big Ten. Yeah, they're for sure uh, have their work cut out for them down the stretch. Uh, they benefited from an easy uh, easy uh, start to the Big Ten season, and the Badgers were uh, able to uh, end their 12-game winning streak on Tuesday night. Another top team in the Big Ten went down as undefeated Iowa lost in College Park to number 8 Maryland, 74-68. to uh, Rashid Suleiman went for 17, as well as Robert Carter for the Terps. Uh, and Jared Utah, the Big Ten's leading scorer at 18.4 points per game, was held to just nine points on two of 13 shooting. Uh, definitely not his his best outing um, over in Maryland. And the Hawkeyes' uh, nine-game winning streak was snapped as they went five of 24 from three-point range. Quentin, you know, what were your takeaways from that one? Uh, you know, my big takeaway from that one is Jake Lehman played outstanding defense. He didn't have a great offensive performance, but sometimes that's what you need as a guy to just focus all his energy on defense and take out one of the premier players in college basketball this year. Yeah, I mean, we know the Big Ten to be a grueling stretch. Uh, you know, Iowa has had a remarkable start to the Big Ten. I think none of us can say that we uh, expected a start quite like this. That's what Michigan State, um, obviously the first game uh, against the Spartans was shocking. We didn't know if they could do it again, and they did. Uh, they knocked off the Purdue Boilermakers. So, you know, after you win nine straight uh, against three of the country's uh, top three teams, um, you know, a letdown game, letdown game is definitely going to happen. And, you know, as far as the tournament resume goes, it's it's as good as any to lose on the road to Maryland, who's, you know, probably going to finish the year as a top 10 team, top 15 team in the country. So, um, you know, definitely a, a game that will allow uh, Fran McCaffrey and the Hawkeyes to kind of you know, reassess some things. Uh, Fran said post game that you know, there was no screaming in the locker room, no yelling at his players, um, you know, kind of cool, cool, calm and collected. And the Hawkeyes will look uh, to bounce back this week. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, frankly, they don't have that tough of a schedule remaining in the Big Ten. They've got home and home with Indiana and then a game at Michigan. But other than that, I don't see really any games that the Hawkeyes should lose or even have have that kind of chance to lose. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they head to uh, Illinois later in the week. Uh, Definitely not an easy easy place to play in the AT&T Center. Um, as is any uh, as is any road game in the Big Ten, but uh, we'll see if they'll bounce back. But um, you know, I, I don't think anyone's uh, you know, kind of taking the Hawkeyes any lightly uh, after they suffered just their first loss. No, absolutely. Uh, the Hawkeyes have to be the clear favorite in the Big Ten now, uh, right there with Maryland and uh, Indiana. You know, although they're eight one against some weaker opponents with the gauntlet of their schedule coming up. They have to be in the consideration for uh, a top team in the Big Ten. Definitely in the consideration, Quentin. But um, you know, they have a lot of tests to show. A lot of questions are surrounding the Indiana Hoosiers, you know, especially after the poor shooting performance against the Golden Gophers uh, on Saturday. So, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how the season plays out. Just like Thomas Bryant, we'll see how it plays out for the Hoosiers. Um, their first test against uh, Max Bielfeld's former team and the Michigan Wolverines uh, coming up on Tuesday at the Chrysler Center in Ann Arbor. Switch our focus from the top of the Big Ten to the bottom of the Big Ten because there are still two teams uh, without wins. Minnesota is 0-10 in the Big Ten, and Rutgers Scarlet Knights are 0-8 in conference play. We'll start with Minnesota, uh, 6-16 overall. 
but they've been playing much better as of late. Uh, like like we mentioned earlier, they lost seventy four to sixty eight to Indiana on Saturday. Um, you know, Nate Mason uh, put up uh, twenty one points along with uh, Kevin Dorsey. Um, the Golden Gophers have been playing great as late last five games. Uh, they've all the margin of error has been just seven points or less. Um, lost a 68-64 to Purdue on Wednesday. Um, you know, the combination of uh, Nate Mason and Kevin Dorsey was, you know, frank, quite frankly, uh, unbearable, unstoppable at times against the Hoosiers as they were able to drive to the basket against a slower Hoosier defense. Um, you know, Quinn, you know, how impressive have you been with the Golden Gophers the last couple of games? Obviously, they haven't been able to get it done, but, you know, it's they're kind of close to, you know, getting over that brink and getting a couple wins, and they, and they might be able to surprise, surprise a couple teams down the stretch. You know, yeah, I do see uh, Minnesota as a team which is definitely improving. Uh, you know, the two games against Indiana, they played well in both, and we're leading late in Assembly Hall, which is a tough thing to do. Uh, the men's and women's team this year combined for a 20-0 record. Impressive. You know, I don't think the Golden Gophers can go this far with Richard Pitino. I think he's frankly one of the worst coaches in the Big Ten. His teams have been getting worse every season, and this year they have talent, and they're not not playing well. They have games at Northwestern, home against Michigan, at Iowa, the next three, and home against Maryland. I don't see them winning any of those. And frankly, their only two shots for me are at Rutgers and home against Rutgers because they cannot win when it matters. Yeah, it's honestly a shame. Um, you know, sit here and say the talent is there is kind of ludicrous. Uh, but they certainly do have talent. I mean, they made some of the 15 points um, the other night. Uh, and like we said, he added 21, an easy 21 against uh, Indiana on Saturday. Um, you know, we'll see what Richard Bertina can pull out of his bag of tricks. Um, it's certainly been tough sledding ever since uh, a deep run in the NIT last year um, with Tubby Smith's recruits. Uh, so now that you know Richard Bertina is kind of on his own, he's kind of getting a taste for you know what he truly needs to do in Big Ten, um, you know, especially on the recruiting trail and whatnot. We'll switch the focus to Rutgers over in Piscataway, New Jersey. They've played two less games than the Golden Gophers, even though they're in action uh, today on Sunday. Rutgers is 0-8 in conference play, 6-15 overall. They lost to six. They lost to Michigan on Wednesday, 68-57, um, as well as they play at Michigan State today on Sunday. Mike Williams scored 17 points against both Michigan and Iowa early early last week. Um, he's been coming on as of late, the junior. Um, it's kind of him and, and a freshman guard, Corey Sanders, leading the way for Rutgers. Um, you know, that dude certainly can put up points, but, you know, Quentin, what have you kind of seen from the Scarlet Knights, and, and, and what have what has kind of been their Achilles heel uh, through their first eight games? Yeah, you know, the Scarlet Knights have uh, had, a, had a rough stretch in the Big Ten here. You know, Minnesota's been losing close games, whereas Rutgers kind of been getting blown out. But uh, they have a lot of promise, too. Corey Sanders, definitely a good freshman who's going to contribute a lot in the future. I think he's going to develop into a great player, but... You know, again, they don't have many games that you're marking down as real wins here other than Minnesota. Teddy, uh, what, what do you think about Corey Sanders? How, how well do you think he'll do? You know, Corey Sanders is a good guy. Um, you know, his selection can be troubling and puzzling at times. But, you know, as I say that, I remember that, you know, someone kind of needs to take the shots for Eddie Jordan and Rutgers. Um, he's definitely a good guard. He can drive the basket. Um, you know, he can take a pull-up jumper, even though, you know, his shot is still developing, in my opinion. 
Um, but, you know, I think, you know, down the line of, you know, Eddie Jordan or, you know, whoever coaches the Scarlet Knights, um, if they can put together a couple, you know, nice to decent recruiting classes, I think Corey Sanders is a guard that can, you know, kind of pull them, you know, back into mediocrity uh, in the Big Ten. <laughs> and it's kind of funny to say that, uh, you know, they're going to pull back into mediocrity. But, you know, if, if Rutgers could, you know, by the time Corey Sanders graduates, be close to a 500 team in the Big Ten, I, I, think, I think they would take that with where they are right now. I think that would be a big success for Rutgers coming off these terrible seasons. Well, last year, you know, they beat Wisconsin at home, you know, national championship team. I I just don't see much going for Rutgers right now. I think that they need to kind of see if Eddie Jordan's really the way to go and see if he can bring any other talent in for this year's recruiting class. But I think they probably need to move in a separate direction and try to rebuild some. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, kind of a hard situation. I just think, um, you know, he, his, his resume speaks for sure. himself. Um, sure. You know, he's definitely a good slash great basketball great, mind. Great player. Um, yeah, yeah, and a great player. And it's always nice to have those players that, you know, come back and coach their own mothers. Um, you know, I, I think the time frame on Eddie Jordan, um, you know, I, I think, you know, maybe maybe after next year, you kind of reevaluate things. But, you know, it's kind of hard to walk into a program after a year or two and say, you know, we need to move in a separate direction. I think you need to give it, to be fair to, you know, the coach you hired, you need to give them at least, you know, three, maybe even four seasons to kind of get his full recruits in and see truly what he's capable of doing. So we'll see um, what Rutgers can do over in Piscataway. Right now, we'll turn it over to our top five in the Big Ten Big Power Rankings. Glenn, we'll start with you. Who are your top five teams playing right now in the conference? Right. Well, uh, right now, let's just let's just go from five to one. We'll, uh, we'll trade off. So right now, my number five team in the Big Ten is the Michigan Wolverines. They're playing well right now, uh, seven and two in the Big Ten. But, you know, they've got some tough games coming up. They've got a tough end of the schedule. Still without Karis Levert, uh, their best, arguably their best player, I guess. You know, they've played so much without him, they've got to be getting used to it a little. Zach Irvin's been carrying the weight for the uh, Wolverines. But uh, right now, Michigan is my number five team in the Big Ten. Yeah, I have to go with that as well. Um, the Wolverines, 72 in big plays, 17 and 5 overall. Um, you know, you mentioned Levert's absence. We'll see if he comes back on Tuesday against Indiana. Uh, his status is questionable, as head coach John Beeline said that. You know, he wants to give Karras a couple days of practice to kind of get back in the rhythm of things uh, before he inserts back into his rotation. Um, you know, Derek Walton Jr. Uh, and Zach Irvin, like you said, have been really carrying this team. Uh, and quite frankly, they've arguably been playing better without Karras Levert. Um, so we're going to see, you know, what this Michigan team can bring when they insert Karras Levert back in the lineup and see if it, you know, changes things or whatnot or they're, you know, able to, uh, improve with his appearance in the rotation. Uh, but right now they're number five. Um, you know, this team is honestly one of the more, um, you know, interesting teams in the Big Ten, uh, meaning that their upside uh, is definitely there, but they can also fall down to, you know, the 6-7 range in the conference. So um, we're going to get a good feel for the Wolverines after this week. Uh, so far, they've kind of lost um, the games. You know, that, that, that would have been nice wins for them. Um so right now, yes, they check in at number five in my rankings. Quentin, your number four. All right, my number four is the Michigan State Spartans. Um, they have a rough start to the Big Ten schedule for Michigan State. You know, the two losses to Iowa, and the one that really hurt was the loss to Nebraska. But 
blew out Northwestern 31 points, which is a beatdown by any means. And, you know, Denzel Valentine's getting back to the form he was in during the non-conference season. And Tom, Tom Izzo's teams, we know this, they always peak at the end of the season. So don't count the Spartans out just yet. I don't, I don't think they can really compete for the Big Ten anymore after those four losses. But frankly, I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in March. Uh, and Denzel Valentine is an outstanding really carry them as far as far as you can imagine i think they can really compete for a national title this year yeah i didn't have them in my top five uh you know just because of the three game losing streak i think by the time you know they face Rutgers and michigan this week i think if they win both of those games uh, especially with the amount of gridlock we have in the top of the big 10 you know I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're in my top five next week um the talent is certainly there uh, but, you know, you can't really ignore a three-game losing streak just, you know, in the beginning of conference play. Um, so right now they're working their way back up into the standings in my mind and in literal um, context. Uh, but my number four right now is the Purdue Boilermakers at 19-4 and four and 7-3 and three in the Big Ten. Um, they've been playing great basketball, just smoked out uh, Nebraska at home uh, at Mackey Arena. Um, you know, I, lo- I love their, their size right now with, you know, Hammond, Swanigan, um, and the whole crew that, that they have over in West Lafayette. Um, we'll see if they can keep it up. They have a couple tests as well as we go on, but right now they check in at number four. Flatten your number three. Yeah, my number three, the Indiana Hoosiers, um, a team with a lot of questions surrounding it, that's for sure. Came into the season, Tom Crean on the hot seat, and it seemed a lot hotter. Now it's sort of cooled off after the 8-1 start in the Big Town play. So, you know, we're going to see how, how they how they fare. Yogi Farrell did not play well against Michigan, but Thomas Bryant seemed to carry the weight, or Minnesota, rather, I'm sorry. Um, so we're going to see that. I think that was a really important game for them to win one when they didn't play well. They didn't shoot well, 11% from three, and we know this team is a better shooting team than that. So Indiana, a team with a lot of talent, a team which really improved defensively um, as Big Ten play started, and... And the loss of James Blackman Jr. occurred. I don't know if there's correlation or causation there, but Indiana is a team for me that has a lot of talent. They can threaten some teams. They're playing well right now. I don't think they're really going to make a deep run in March. At this point, at least. They need to show me a little bit more, especially on the defensive end. But uh, right now, they're playing pretty good basketball. I think they've got a huge game against uh, in Ann Arbor against the Wolverines on Tuesday. And that'll, that'll really tell us a lot about Indiana. Yeah, uh, you mentioned you mentioned the talent level uh, in Bloomington for the Hoosiers. Um, it's pretty interesting. I think we can all agree that the talent's there. Uh, Yogi Fair is one of the best point guards and leaders in the country. Um, you know, Troy Williams is most likely the one of the most athletic uh, players that you're going to see in the country. Um, you know, Thomas Bryant is probably one of the best freshmen in the country. Um, so you have all this talent surrounding it, and they lost. You know, one of their one of their leading scorers, if not their leading scorer, is Blackman Jr. Um, they have played better um, after that. You still have to give them credit for you know, staying with it and playing, you know, at a higher level even when they lose their uh, leading scorer, regardless of his you know, defensive prowl or whatnot. Um, so they're also number three in my Big Ten power ranks at 18 and four overall and eight and one in conference play. Um, you know, it's interesting with the talent level because you know, regardless of an eight and one record. Uh, 12 game winning streak. They, they don't have many believers um, in believing in them that they can make a, a, a shot, a fight uh, at the Big Ten title um, when all is said and done in the Big Ten. 
Um, so we're going to see, I mean, after this week, we're, we're going to get a good sense of, you know, the legitimacy of the Hoosiers as, you know, a Big Ten title contender. Um, if they can go into Michigan and, and take out a win against Bielfeld's former team, um, that, that, would, that would definitely uh, give them a little credibility as we uh, move forward. Here. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to number two. Quinn, who is your second best team in the Big Ten playing the second best basketball right now? Oh, this was a tough one for me. Um, but I put the Iowa Hawkeyes second. Um, frankly, I think they're going to win the Big Ten. I think they played the toughest part of their schedule already. They've got some easy games remaining, one loss. But honestly, I don't think they're playing as good a basketball as Maryland is right now. And, and, you know, they Jared Utoff was as hot as anybody at the start of the Big Ten season. I think he's going to start cooling off, you know. And Peter Johnson in the Big Ten, a good player, but frankly, I don't think Iowa has the talent to keep running with teams like Maryland, um, although they don't really have to keep running with teams like Maryland. You know, they don't have the toughest part of their schedule coming up. They've got some easy games. Um, a lot of games at home, so. home, Northwestern, Penn State, and at Illinois in their next three three games that I would be disappointed to lose. Disappointed to lose. Um, yeah, I will, I will play in the second-best basketball in my mind right now. Yeah, I totally see where you're coming from. Um, obviously, it's kind of a coin toss. Uh, obviously, the tiebreaker kind of helps that they played each other this past week. But, um, you know, big picture-wise, I put Maryland number two. Uh, they're 18th overall, 72 and 8. Obviously, um, they took care of Iowa 74 and 68, uh, thanks to 17 points from Rashid Superman and Robert Carter. Um, but they're still number two in my mind. Um, you know, yes, I love the trio of Suleiman, um, Diamond Stone and Mellow Trimble, uh, but the consistency really isn't there. Um, you know, game in and game out. Obviously, I'm not expecting them to all put up 20 points a game every game. Um, I think they're still trying to figure out how to play with each other and how to win against the Big Ten. Um, you know, we're gonna see. We're gonna. We're gonna yeah, with every team, honestly. But we're gonna get a good sense of you know how how legitimate Maryland is. They have to go into Nebraska this week, and then. And then they have Purdue at home. Uh, and, you know, playing in Lincoln, Nebraska is never really easy, uh, as is playing in the road anywhere in the Big Ten. Um, and then Purdue at home is going to be a big test. Uh, right now I have them at number two simply for the fact um, because of who Iowa has beaten and, um, you know, how strong they're playing um, even after uh, having their nine-game winning streak snapped. Uh, but I went Maryland at number two. Gwen, we know who your number one is, but uh, you know, let's justify it for our listeners out there. Who's your number one and why? Yeah, so uh, my number one obviously the Terrapins. Um, they've they just beat Iowa. They've got two losses in the Big Ten, which which hurt early, but they haven't lost a home game this year, and I think that's really important um, for Maryland. They've got a couple road tests here coming up. They're playing at Ohio State as we speak right now, I guess. They're up six, up six at the half. Yep, 37-31. Um, so a win there, and frankly, it's cemented to me. They're just so talented. The starting five is unmatched by anybody in the Big Ten. I mean, Mellow Trimble, Diamond Stone, Jake Lehman, three guys who are, are all big, big talents, especially defensively. And, and Trimble, one of, the, one of the best, if not the best, guard in, in the country, along with Chris Dunn Providence. So I think that Maryland is is really just waiting to get things together here. I think that they're about ready to go on a pretty big run, and I think they're a dangerous team come March. And I 
Iowa Hawkeyes at number one at the top of my power rankings. Um, you know, simply with the fact that I, 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 they're a safe bet right now. Um, you know, they play three games in the next seven days, including Northwestern today, and then, and then they take on Penn State and Illinois, two teams that are having problems of their own. Um, I think it's a safe bet that they'll stay in first place uh, leading into the February 11th showdown with Iowa and Indiana over at Assembly Hall in Bloomington. Um, you know, they're safe bet right now. They're fundam- fundamentally sound team. Jared Utops is leading scorer in the Big Ten with 18.4 points per game. Um, obviously, that down that, that went down a half a point uh, with a tough outing against Ireland the other night. But I think pretty safe bet. And I think come March, um, you know, this team's going to be crowned uh, regular season champions. Obviously, I can't predict the Big Ten tournament because, quite frankly, you don't know what's going to happen uh, over there at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. Um, but I take Iowa as my big 10 champ as of right now. We're going to move on to the big player of the week, starting with Quentin Smith, big player of the week. Um, this past this past calendar week, Quentin, you know, who won it all for you? Well, this is a really tough one for me uh, between two guys, between A.J. Hammonds of Purdue and Nigel Hayes of Wisconsin. If I had to give it to one, I would give it to Nigel Hayes. Um, he only played one game. 31 points on 22 free throws. I mean, the dude took more free throws than Indiana's entire team. And and frankly, he just took over the game on offense. Whenever Nigel Hayes had the ball, Indiana was wondering, okay, how how are we going to stop him? So, 31 points from Nigel Hayes for me really opened up for Ethan Happ to get 25 Um and that's why he's my big player of the week. He carried Wisconsin to that win over Indiana in the, in the call center. Very quick thing, but I'm going to take the other player um, this week. That honestly, quite frankly, stood out uh, among the rest. Their seven-footer senior center um, absolutely went off against Nebraska at home. Uh, scored 32 points, 11 boards, five assists against the Cornhuskers in that blowout win. Um, you know, he was 14 of 17 from the field, uh, 4 for 4 from the free throw line. He missed three shots the entire game. Um, you know, he's just so consistent for the Boilermakers. You know what you're going to get of him. He's a senior leader. Um, you know, his talent is unparalleled uh, in terms of Big Ten across across the conference, you know, maybe even the country. Um, you know, and then again, against Minnesota, he put up similar numbers um, to what to what you usually expect from A.J. Hampton, 16 points, 8 boards. Um, against the Golden Gophers, you know, that gave him 48 points and 20 rebounds in two games, which is, uh, quite frankly, um, unbelievable. Our last segment of the day, uh, we're going to talk about the week ahead and the Big Ten game of the week. We'll give you the rundown of you know the biggest game every day so far in the conference. On Tuesday, Indiana, number 19 in the country, will go on the road to face the Michigan Wolverines who have won four straight in our 7-2 in the conference. That's uh, uh, quite the reunion and homecoming for Max Bielfeld, who who will most likely receive some faithful and the Michigan students um, for his years there. Wednesday, Maryland takes on Nebraska. Thursday, Ohio State travels to Wisconsin. Saturday, there's a doubleheader between the Michigan State Spartans rivalry uh, at Michigan, as well as number 21, Purdue, will travel to number eight Maryland, and then on Sunday, the Iowa Hawkeyes will return to action at Illinois. Clinton, you know, what's your biggest game of the week that you see, and, and you know, what do you see the outcome being? Yeah, my, uh, well, the biggest game of the week for me is uh, 
Maryland, Purdue, that'll be a fun one to watch. Diamond Stone and A.J. Hammonds going at it in the post. That's a really exciting one for me uh, in College Park. So I do think Maryland's got the upper hand. I think they're going to come away with it. But another game that you can't overlook is Indiana at Michigan. This is a huge one. I mean, if Indiana wins this game, they're a real threat to win the Big Ten. Nine and one, they would be. And frankly, they would. They would. They can beat anybody if they can beat Michigan on the road in the close. So that's going to be a big one. I think Michigan's going to win that game, though. Um, Zach Irvin has played well against Indiana in the past, and I think he's going to have a great game. As much as Michigan, you know, is going to applaud Max Bielfeld, the dude was in a national championship game for him. I think that they're going to want to beat him. They're, they're going to want to get the win against Indiana, and this is definitely a big game. I think we really overlooked that. This game kind of um, dictates uh, Indiana's going forward. Um, obviously, Michigan you know, might not be at the caliber of you know, the Maryland's, the uh, Iowa's, the Purdue's, the Michigan State's, but they're right up there, quite frankly, and, and that game will definitely solidify their, solidify or, you know, de-solidify their legitimacy uh, in Race. Um, we also can't overlook the Saturday showdown in-state rivalry, rivalry excuse me, between Michigan State and Michigan. Um, you know, depending on how that IU-Michigan uh, result comes out, this would be a huge game for the Wolverines um, going forward in the Big Ten race. Uh, and Michigan State will look to get to, to get back on sh- uh, track. You know, if they want any shot at the Big Ten title, um, they're going to need to win out. Um, and that certainly is no, uh, no small task for them. But you know you gotta love the in-state rivalries. You gotta love you know, Michigan State, Michigan um, in a game with Big Ten title implications. Uh, so, so definitely no shortage of uh, high-caliber games this week, and we definitely look forward to uh, recapping it next week. Absolutely, you know we'll, we'll keep you updated. You can follow us on Twitter at B1G Talk at Big Talk. Um, any questions you have, tweet them to us. We'll we'll respond absolutely. And, you know, we look forward to uh, talking with you guys, seeing how you like the podcast. Any suggestions, please let us know. And, you know, we'll see you next week. I think that wraps up the first edition of the Big Talk podcast where we become your weekly source of Big Ten football, basketball, and baseball. I'm Teddy Bailey alongside my co-host, Glenn Smith. Thank you, and have a great weekend. Thanks, everyone. Uh